Hello and welcome to la 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 all spoilers all the time. Hello, I'm Merton Pipe. I've got a sausage on top of my head, and this is I've got a sausage on top of my head. Hello and welcome to My Dad Wrote Porno, the podcast hosted by me, Irvin Welsh's daughter. If you think your house is haunted with bad ghosts, if you tell me your postcode, I will think about that postcode for a week and the house will be ghost free. A clip there from Ghosts. Hello and welcome to the Soundteep Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the best podcasts around. I'm John Luke Roberts, the CEO and fun captain of Soundteep Inc. At the moment, Soundteep Inc. is proud home to almost nine podcasts, but we're hoping to get that number back up to normal by the end of the show. This is our weekly taste pod, in which we give you a sample of all the pods we have on offer. So, let's get started. In A Foot on the Ladder, Roger Email interviews people who've built careers in the ladder industry. In this week's episode, he talks to Maureen Hepp, who's been in the business for four decades, and asks her what first drew her to the job. I'm very small, and the idea of being able to get up higher, both in business and in physics, was very appealing to me. And now I get to make that happen for other people as well as myself, because you do get to take ladders home. If you're interested in the ladder industry, or just interested in ladders, or just interested in industries, then A Foot on the Ladder is the podcast for you. In Asking the Questions the Media Isn't, Johnny Heimbach asks the questions the media isn't. In this week's episode, he asks Labour Party peer Baroness Ashton of Upholland whether she likes a gritty moose. Do you like a gritty moose? Well, it's sort of... Yes. How's your love life? Mine's pretty good. I'm the long-distance third in a polyamorous throuple based in Norway. Or I think I am. We haven't really spoken in a while. Anyway, here at Soundheap Inc, we have the perfect podcast for anyone who's ever been in love or who just likes eavesdropping on people who are. It's Lovers Like We. Hello, I'm a motto resort, congruity producer on Lovers Like We. And I feel so hugged to share with you a story about a rather unlikely couple. I'm Maureen. Um, I generally sit on on a shoulder and tell people to do good things. Um, I'm Lester Prath and I sit on the opposite shoulder, normally the left uh, shoulder from their point yes. of view, and tell them to do that. Sinister. Sinister, yes, yes, of course. It's, of course we don't, it's not really um, politically correct to think of it in those ways anymore, but it, it's still, you, you, tradition is tradition, I suppose. Exactly. And, you know, the left, I still like the left. It may not be have the same connotations of wickedness, but I, you, you stick to the, it's like Christmas, isn't it? Yes. You know, there's you lots do, of... Yes, yeah, you please. Do, do those things, don't you, at Christmas? Yeah, at you know, Christmas, yeah. You know, the real meaning of 
Christmas has rather oh, been lost, and that. now it's about buying the biggest present, isn't it? You've <laughs> really go. won on that one. <laughs> well done, you. Maureen's off on one, isn't she? Maureen's going off on one about the real being of Christmas. Maureen and Zelestapoth have worked together for 50 years, and they've been married for 10. But they're not like most couples. They're a little more, mm, how should I say, unlikely. You see, Maureen is an angel, and Zelestapoth is a, <laughs> you guessed it, demon. We're very, very, uh, we are tiny. Um, yeah. We are, with especially sort of shoulder-specific uh, entities. That's our role for humans. We, we yes. s- you, you say, do this, don't kill that person. Yes. Give them a gift instead, or to just ask them how they are. And I say, no, you should kill them. Why yes. not? You've always wanted to do something that's going to leave your mark on the world. Why not do that? And then you would say to that... Don't, um, don't do that. Don't leave do your that mark in I... a better way. Leave your mark by being the better man, by being yeah. the bigger man. Yeah, yeah. And and I'd leave say, your mark well, by not killing someone and letting him go on to leave his mark on the world. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd say, oh, you've got a long time. You know, it's been what, 42 years of you doing that. And, and any marks yet? Have you left any mark? No, 42 years and you've not killed a single person and there's not one mark of you. So how's that working out for you, Buster? Why not just give it a go? Give it a go. And then I say, you don't know the marks you make. You don't know what you do. I could tell you the marks you've made, but I shan't. It's better that you don't know the good you've done because then you'd start doing good for your own reasons and for feeling better about yourself rather than doing good just for good's sake. And then I get into another moral conundrum and I have to go back to bed. And while you're off, I go, you don't listen to that Harridan saying, just lying about those terrible, terrible woman lying about the march you've made. She says she won't tell you, well, that's because there aren't any. And then I generally get them to do the murder. So it's good that actually you sleep so often. It does does help my tally. It does help you a lot. It doesn't help me. And then, of course, then I start to feel the guilt because I've... You know, I've done, oh gosh, I've, I've been so caught up in the moral conundrum that I've gone to bed and then I've let let him do another murder. Um, and then, of course, I feel terrible about that and the guilt that I carry around. You know, and I know I'm not doing a good job and sometimes I think maybe I should resign and let no, someone no, else who's no, better at this no, do look, that. I don't, Maureen, uh, I, you're doing a very, um, I think you, you're excellent at your work. Um, yes, but really... you would say that because you always win. The first thing I noticed about Marine and Zelestapoth was how different they were from each other. Have you ever um, broken wind on a shoulder? No, I wouldn't. But the second thing I noticed, even though they were so different, was that they were so, so similar. And I saw how hard they worked at raising each other's inner light. You do your job incredibly well. I'm genuinely very impressed, and sometimes I have to admit I'm quite swayed by your arguments. <laughs> you know, they're very persuasive. <laughs> Thank you very much. You've got uh, a very persuasive voice, whereas mine's a little bit more um, pitchy and annoying. No, Maureen, I no. I can't help thinking that in a world where tribalism, the internet and the geriatric millennial anti-anti-woke movement are pushing families apart and dashing friendships against friend icebergs, we might be able to learn something from Marine and Zelestapoth to 
find out if you think that too, listen to this month's Lovers Like We. Great stuff there from Amato Resort. Now, here's a listen to episode 83 of Reasons to be Fearful with Ed Miliband. Cheeky little ghosts, spotters on your toast, threats in the post. Things going gump, that'll make you jump. I think I found a lump. Reasons to be fearful, part 83. Reasons to be fearful, part 83. Hello, I'm Ed Miliband, and this week my reason to be fearful is toilet bowls. What if they all came to life and grew sharp teeth? All the best, Ed. Cheeky little ghosts, spiders on your toes, threats in the post. Things going bump, that'll make you jump. I think I found a lump. Reasons to be fearful, part 83. Reasons to be fearful, part 83. You're listening to the Soundheap podcast. Soundheap, please be our friend. A lot of them are just sentences, broken up and put on different lines. A clip there from Haikus, The Truth. In this week's Chinwags with Charities and Non-Profits, host Maxwell L is joined by Greg McMurtry from Felignity, the charity working to provide cats with dignity in their later life. Well, let's talk about charities you hate. Um, oh. What would you do if I were to say dogs, dogs, dogs? No, uh, no. I, dogs, I dogs, mean, dogs, I, the dog charity, I, dogs, dogs, no, dogs. No, there's nothing wrong with dogs. I mean, it's not a, they're not an animal I, I enjoy myself. But so, I mean, I, I think we're all as, as charity workers out there on the front line, and I, I might right. yeah. be in charge of a charity, which means that you know I'm sort of, I'm not a frontline worker per se. I'm, I'm more involved in lobbying. But if you fight the good fight in the voluntary sector, in the third mm-hmm. sector, no matter what your charity is, I've got an awful lot of time for you and mm-hmm. shouting dogs, Even... dogs, dogs at me. It's not, it's, it's not a binary thing, is it? I know some people like cats. No, some no, people like no, dogs. No. If your God rest her soul, a member of your family were to die and they left in their will money to dogs 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 as a legacy donation what would you say i wouldn't i i, I well that, that's different isn't it because i'm the, the i it's my game this i work in cats and yeah it is binary it's you know you can't you got there there are blended families with cats and dogs of course there are but ultimately you're a cat person or you're a dog person if you're a dog person i don't understand you for a variety of reasons Mess. give me some of those reasons please well i'll tell you why I, I you say i should go to politics i'll i'll give you some of my political ideas for for nothing for free i think that dog dog owners who don't clean up their dog mess should be subject to two years in prison and a hundred thousand pound fine and the dog should be destroyed within mm-hmm. 24 hours i think police bobbies on the beach should be given swabs which would allow them to dna test feces and dogs on the spots the only way we're going to get around this because where i live i i live in a very very leafy corner of southeast london and let me tell you that it is 
dog mess again, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not getting any better. So, well, it's clear that you really have some strong feelings against uh, dog owners who don't clean up their dog mess. But may I ask, what do you think of dog owners who do? They go along, they put their hand in a plastic bag and they fondle that mess and they pick it up and they wrap it. What not that peculiar? What do you think of that? I, I think that they're unwell and I think that if... I think that the world would be better off without dogs in it and I think that dog mess is a crime. It actually should be punishable by law with a custodial sentence because whether you clean it up or not whether you clean it up or not because you cannot make a pavement clean enough to eat off which i think should be the ultimate aim so you think anyone who who gives money to dogs 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 is a blank person what what's the missing word a blank person oh if i think it money comes. to dog gwen mcmurksby thank you very much and um would you like to come back next week for an apology no We love to get your messages here at Sound Heaping, and this week we received a great one from Fiona Harton. Fiona's a big fan of Sound Heap podcast, Gilbert and George Review Airbnb Properties, and she emailed in to say, I love the show. It's great to hear two totems of the contemporary European art scene give their opinions on Airbnb properties. It occurs to me, though, that a better name for the podcast would be Air G and G. It would combine their initials with the topic of their show in a succinct and snappy manner. Well, Fiona, we passed your message on to Gilbert and George, and this is what they said. Hello, I'm Gilbert. And I'm George. And Fiona, you are are right. AG&G is a much better name for our podcast. Sadly, we've invested heavily in the current branding of Gilbert and George Review Airbnb Properties. We will therefore continue using that name. But we shall be doing it with our hearts breaking. We feel worthless. So, Fiona, I hope you're happy. Now, here's a clip from Britain's Biggest Bastards. This fortnight's episode is about a notorious bastard, Big Leg Jack. Right, Big Leg Jack. Ah, uh, Big Leg Jack. The legend of, B- of Big Leg Jack. It runs through my family, so it does. A lot of people, a lot of my uh, ancestors had encounters with Big Leg Jack. He had one leg bigger than the other, as you'd expect. One leg was normal size, the other one was enormous. And he, he was terrifying, Big Leg Jack. He, he'd, uh, he'd come up to you, he'd fart on your back and he'd kick your mum off a cliff. And if you didn't have a mum, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd go through the rigorous process of um, uh, getting you adopted by someone else's mum and then he'd kick her off a cliff get you some kind of foster mum. Something like that. And then he'd shit in your soup. He was terrifying, the legend of Big Leg Jack. Never even set foot, big or small, on a boat. And that's what made him so terrifying. He was a landlocked pirate. So, 
Since 1953, the cinema advertising company Pearl and Dean has been a mainstay of British movie-going life, its popularity cemented by its catchy theme tune. Now, in 2021, nonagenarian co-founders Jeb Pearl and Grace Dean have reunited to host a podcast, The Pearl and Dean Podcast, recorded over Zoom. Let's take a listen. Jeb, it's lovely to see you in such good health. Thank you. It's lovely to see you too, Grace. How has your week been? Oh, one second. Thank you, Jenny. Oh, I've got a lovely cup of tea now. Not one, not two, not four, but three biscuits. I'm very glad to hear it, Grace. I'm very yes. glad to hear it. Let's get to the crux uh, of this podcast. Uh, what we, we put this podcast together to... Uh, each week we put out a new episode and me, Jeb Pearl, and my business partner, Grace Dean, yes. will sing the Pearl and Dean theme tune. Yes. Yes. I'll go first. Papa, 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 No, 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 no. Jeb, what are you singing there? That's an abomination. It's the theme tune, great. Remember? That's theme tune, then I'm a Christmas hen. We are not a Christmas hen, Grace. Exactly, yes, that's the point I was making. It's not the theme tune, is it? It's a funny odd way to go around making it very convoluted. Christmas hen being convoluted. Everyone knows a Christmas hen when they say I don't believe that's the theme tune, but it is the theme tune, so you are a Christmas hen. (laughs) Let me tell you something. What I know about is making interesting content online. Now, I'd like to try, if possible, to sing you the theme tune in a manner which is realistic and, dare I say, Jenny! Oh, you said you'd make the tea, and I've not had the tea. You promised me three biscuits. Oh, Jenny, don't worry. It's here. It is here. I'm saying it is here. I don't know what's going on with her. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, so I'm here today to explain the Marvel Universe. Now, Wait. Yes? Aren't you singing the... I thought you were going to sing the song. Our, our song. Oh, yes, yes. That's what that's No, for. that's my three o'clock appointment. Oh, ITV News. Oh, right. Okay. <clears throat> la, 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 It at all. What are you talking well, it's, about? It's far too operatic. We, we, we have a more, it's a more uh, commercial. Jeb, when you're born with the range with which I was blessed, right. you uh, never simply uh, acquiesce to the lowest common denominator. You're listening to the Soundheap podcast. Soundheap, if your ear was a mouth, we'd be your caterers. Open wide. Well, you've got to start, obviously. Where do the feet go? 
put your feet on a ladder and that's where you're going to start. We call those the uh, feet rails. You've got to make several of those depending on height of ladder uh, and also spacing of feet rails. Once you've got them done, as I say, it's a bit of a catchphrase of mine, jobs are good and we want to have your handrails. Sort them out. Just get them sorted. Do you want them rounded? Careful if you do, because slippy. And they don't sell as well as a squared off rail. It's more art deco, people enjoy it more. Create that with a, a smooth edging device and then a rougher edging device, then go back to smooth. If you want it rounded, get a circular edging device, smooth then rough. As you can see, it's very interesting business. And then we just stick it all together with ladder glue. Do you have any good football stories? I do. Last Tuesday, my assistant Dorney bet me I wouldn't let her bounce a football off my face 50 times in a row. You're on, I said. And then I let her do it. She couldn't believe it. I let her do it 60 times in the end, uh, but then realised I'd forgotten to agree to a cash wager. But if you want an even better football story, tune in to the most recent episode of Then, 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 Then and Now and listen to The Day the Footballers Got Bored. It was Chelsea versus Tottenham and it was a very... It started off as a very kind of conventional football game. Then, one by one, you saw... You saw them begin to just think, what are we, what are we doing? This is what we do every day of our lives. We go to, you know, a couple of days off training. But basically, we're, we're married to this ball, you know. And one of them, it was, it was a, an amazing moment, really, in history. I'm sure you wouldn't say that if you were a football fan, because obviously it mucked things up for them. But I don't really care about that. Um, I, I care about history. One of them, and his name was John Snow, you saw him just sit down like like an petulant child on the pitch. And he just crossed his arms and the ball came to him. He wouldn't get up. Obviously, people went absolutely crazy. What are you doing? And then it was really very moving moment. Another one from the, the different team. This proves, it's, you know, it's not really about them talking to each other beforehand and saying, should we do this? He went and sat down next to Jon Snow and then slowly but surely, they all just sat down in the middle of the pitch and the referee was going ballistic saying, what are you doing? I don't know if you've read The Crucible. People viewed it in a very similar light. You know, football was really like a religion and people couldn't believe that they were just saying, you know, I am bored. I am bored of football. And they were tried. They were tried like all, all, all the women were back in the witch trials. I don't know if, if you've heard of the football trials of 1977. Well, they were tried in a public court. They were given a ball and uh, the judge said, if they kick it, they're guilty. If they don't kick it, they're innocent. And this put the footballers in a, in a quandary. They never wanted to kick a ball again, but they did not want to be regarded as innocent. They wanted to be regarded as guilty of deserting football, so that it was very difficult for the footballers. Well, the punishment was, and I mean, actually, this is very imaginative for, for the 70s, they were made to play football for the rest of their lives, and that is the worst punishment any of them could imagine. And that's why 
football had such a terrible decade because they, in, in, the balls were not kicked at all in any game. They'd play the toss at the beginning and then the ball would be thrown in the air and that would be it. The ball would lie dormant on the, on the field for 90 minutes and the footballers would all sit down, smoke, play cards. Some of them even put on plays, mini plays, charades, harmonicas were played. It became a kind of theatre in a way, but I, it was not football. And football really had to start again in the 80s with the new batch of players. And the old ones from the 70s are commentators now, and I, we're all aware of the fact that they, they won't comment on the game. They will only comment on the moments that the players were not kicking the ball. Oh, look at that. Seven minutes in, he's, he's thinking about he's going to have a roast beef tomorrow or something like that. It makes for a very interesting commentary, really. These commentators, this generation of commentators, they have to be employed as part of their punishment. You see, it's part of their punishment to be employed as football commentators. You know, when they all die out, then finally football will be back to normal. I don't want them to die out. I want to preserve their, I suppose, their dignity, their pride and their commitment to what they believed in. Now, I don't like to talk out of turn about other podcasters in the industry. I know exactly how much work goes into making a podcast. Sometimes it's more than half an hour. But I can't help but notice that there's a lot of movie review podcasts out there made by people who just aren't qualified for the job. So, here at Pink, we decided to do better and go further and get a movie review show made by people who don't even understand what a movie is. Here's a clip from... Ah! It moves! It's a picture, isn't it? It's a big picture on a, on a big flat no, screen, it, it, isn't it? Well, that's what I thought, but it moves. It moves. What? It's actually... How's it uh, move? I wish I could describe it. So you go in and you sit down, and then, and then yeah. but then when, it's, uh, when it starts, the, the men in the picture are actually, they're walking around and gesturing and say, saying things. So it's haunted. Yeah, 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 I think so. It's a haunted picture. Yeah. Uh, you can't do anything about it. Like, you can't stop it from happening. Did you try? Well, you just sort of, well, I put my hand up. No one came. Uh. Anyway, so I did. I did not like Tenet because I. I did. I did not like what this technique they used, where it's yeah. where it's moving all over the place. Oh, it's funny actually. Now you mention it, the last I went to see um, Bill and Ted face the music, and that's just a picture of two guys from the nineties. Oh, I thought it was just a picture of two guys. Oh, not again! It moved, and oh, I'd forgotten God. about this until you just mentioned it. Yeah, it kept moving, and then. Even like the location that it was in, it would be like, oh no, this was a painting of a building. Now it's a painting of a different building or the inside of a building. That really is, that's strange, isn't it? So was, was that haunted as well? Or like, who's going around doing this? Well, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how they do it if it wasn't haunted. It must be I've, haunted. I've, I've, I've done pictures myself. And they don't not move. Bragging. They don't move, I, do they? I, I, could, I, I could try and make, I can, you can sort of crinkle them, like fold them a bit. But that's, but not, that's not what either of us saw. It wasn't, it wasn't no. just one powerful man crinkling the whole thing. It, it, obviously not. No. Because you couldn't, no one could crinkle for two hours like that. It's just about time to say boop boop for this week, but there's still space for our punch out. I'm duper, duper excited to welcome three guys, one voice to the network. I've been following these guys' career for a long time, and they are hilarious. <laughs> 
I saw Donnie do a set at the Laugh Hole in Western Supermare, and honestly, it was so funny, I spat my beer on a waitress. Here's a sneak peek. Hey, I'm Donnie. And I'm Joe. And I'm Brody. And we're the hosts of this podcast called... Three, Three guys, guys, one, one voice. voice. It's just a little old podcast where we yeah, get we together, about stuff, we shoot yeah. the breeze, and we yeah, talk, talk about yeah. what we're like and what we <laughs> like. I'm Donnie. Uh, you I like rollerblading. Uh, I like what? Skateboarding. I like rollerblading. Uh, I like skateboarding. Movies. I like horror yeah. films. And I like, oh, God, I like throwing it. food oh, at walls. <laughs> Donnie, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm Joe. I like, uh, I like going to the cinema as well, but not oh, always to see horror films. And I also like picking up food I find at the bottom. And I'm Donnie. And I guess I like romance. Oh, oh Donnie, you're yeah. such a wimp. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, join us whenever you can for three guys, one voice. That's three, three guys, guys, one voice. Three guys, yeah. one voice. You gotta be quicker. <laughs> I can't wait. If I had a beer, I'd have spat it on a runner. As it is, I just spat coffee. Soundheap was presented by me, John Luke Roberts, and featured Alexis Dubas, Athena Kublenu, Carrie Ad Lloyd, Ellis James, Izzy Sutty, Johnny Donahoe, Josie Long, Jos Norris, Catherine Parkinson, Kieran Hodgson, Mark Watson, Paddy Jervers, River Hall, Ruth Bratt, and Suze Kempner. The original music was by Paddy Jervers and Rob Sell at Torch and Compass, and the producer was Ed Morrish. Soundheap is a Lead Mojo production for Audi. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs>